Good morning, everybody, and Happy New Year. It's so good to see you. I think Pastor Dan followed me up on stage. You may have heard me whisper because he wanted to make sure I didn't fall again. I tripped. See, I do this thing where I have readers, and I don't want to lose them or misplace them, and so I walk around with them, but I can't really see when I'm walking around with them, and so I fell. And so you're going to notice that I'm tapping my nose because I broke a capillary and I'm bleeding. So I just love our church family. And weirdly, I feel really comfortable in front of everybody right now. I just felt like I needed to explain to you what's happening. I don't think anybody wants to see me reenacted, although Ruel did tell me the sound effect was amazing. So thank you. All righty. Well, I'm so excited to share the message today. And I first, I just want to say welcome to everybody and Happy New Year. I'm so excited to share this new series with you today, Restart Making Faith Real in 2022. Um, restart, because this is the time that we all push our restart buttons, right? How many of you made a New Year's resolution this year? Yes. I always think of my friend Kelly Luna. Uh, him and his wife Beth and their family, we, our kids grew up together and we spent so many uh, New Year's Eves together um, playing poker and doing all kinds of fun things with the kids. Um, that wasn't a kid game, but we would uh, just have such a good time. And Kelly always had the best resolutions. He passed away a few years ago, but I always think of him at New Year's because his, new, his resolutions were hilarious, and his goal was to make them very doable and easy. So one year, his resolution was to, uh, and everybody was talking about, I mean, everybody at the table had really big resolutions that year because we knew that Kelly would ask us. So we all had these big ones that, you know, we were going to run a 5K or all of these things. His was he was going to wear more colors that year. Because he, he was always wearing the REI neutral colors. And so he said, no, I'm going to wear new, more color this year. And, you know, the thing about Kelly is long after everybody would forget the resolutions and move on, he was still working towards them. And his birthday was the end of February. So that year, uh, <clears throat> we got together for his birthday. And, you know, he was wearing a shirt very proudly. It was colorful. I don't remember what color, but he was very proud about it, and he kept remarking, and I'm like, what are you, and he said, it's my resolution, I'm wearing more colors, see? He's very proud of himself. One year, he decided he was going to learn how to jump higher. He wanted to have a higher jump, and so he had a whole strategy for how he was going to do that, and um, I, don't, I don't think that ended really well. I think there was an injury involved some point in the year. And then another year, he decided he was going to develop better night vision. I don't know why, but he wanted to have better night vision. And so, again, he had a strategy, and he talked my husband into it. And we live in Forster Woods, and the, the, the mountain is behind us, and so the forest. And they would just, all that year, they would get together, and then they would just go out in the dark without headlamps or anything and just go hiking at night. Um, I don't know how far they got, but I know that there were no injuries from that resolution. But the point is, is Kelly was an Eagle Scout, and he was always trying to develop his skills. And I always think about him at this time of year, because we're all doing that too. We want to develop new skills. Well, our series, Restart, is about that too. It's about growing and developing in the area of our spiritual life. And I'm super excited to share the message today. I'm so glad there's so many students here this morning, because this is what we're talking about in C3 this month too. So um, I was really glad to share this. So our, 
I want you to know that we're not going to guilt anybody into anything. Like, there's no guilt involved. Following Jesus and growing in faith is easy. It's not difficult. It's not super challenging. And the thing is, is it's something that God wants to do. He wants you to do this. The reality is, God wants you to grow in your relationship with him more than you want to. And because of that, he's going to help you along, our way, along the way. Now, our passage comes from Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to do like I do at C3, and I'm uh, going to read that in a few minutes. First, I want to give you context for the passage of Scripture we're going to read. First of all, this passage comes to us um, at the end of a very long message that Jesus gave. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And um, in Matthew's Gospel, um, this passage is tucked into at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is a really long message. It goes from the beginning of chapter 5 to the end of chapter 7. Um, and they call it Sermon on the Mount, not because Jesus had a snazzy new series title for his message, but because he was standing literally on the side of a mountain teaching the crowds. And like I said, it's long. It goes from the beginning of five, chapter 5 to the end of chapter 7, and it begins with the Beatitudes. Um, some of you may have heard of that already. Those are the verses that go like, blessed are the peacemakers, um, and goes on from there. It's a whole list of things. And if you aren't familiar with them, you can find them at the beginning of chapter 5, and if you have questions, you can ask me later because they're not really easy to understand. If you read them and go, huh, you're not alone. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. They're a little confusing sometimes. Um, the other thing during the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus does talk about the Lord's Prayer. He, um, he also revisits some of the Ten Commandments. And basically, the whole sermon is about kingdom living and what it means to follow God and follow Jesus. Um, he says things like, love your enemy, don't worry, um, pray, and give to those in need, among other things. Okay, so now that we have the context for this passage, let's, I'll read it for us, and you can follow along. I think it'll be on the screen. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That's Matthew 7, 24 through 27. So why, why was the wise man wise? What made the foolish man foolish? They both knew how to build a house. They both built a house. The foolish man built his house on sand. And anyone who's ever built a sandcastle knows that sand does not make a really good foundation for an actual house, right? Because what happens to sand when water hits it? It destroys the little structure you've made. The, the, um, the wise man, though, he built it on the rock. And there's so much to unpack there about the rock because Jesus is the rock of our foundation. And we could... We could do a whole message on that, but I'm not going to. We are instead are going to talk about um, what I think is uh, really the main point that Jesus is saying here. Let's look at that verse again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mind and puts them into practice. It's hearing and doing. Hearing and doing is what the wise man did. 
The foolish man heard, but he didn't follow what he heard. That's the difference. Hearing and doing. They go together. Just knowing and hearing isn't enough. And I think that what Jesus is saying is there's more to real faith than that. Um, as Christians, we can sometimes feel like coming to church, going to youth group, um, a club before or after school, going to um, a conference or a Bible study or summer camp and showing up and learning the messages and learning the songs and, and everything is enough, that that is it and we are all good. Um, <clears throat> and as important as those things are, they really aren't enough. Having information isn't the whole thing. It's, um, it's important what we do with it. If we know all these things and we don't do anything with the things that Jesus taught us, we're missing out. If we're not doing the things that actually reflect a heart change, we're not really getting the whole point. So think about this. Think about getting ready to drive. If you're, I mean, some of us have to think back, and some of us get to imagine it, and some of us are in the process right now in this room. But the idea is, is that you have to pass a test, and there's driver's education, and there's driver's training. So imagine you've done all of your driver's ed. You've passed the test, the written test, and you know all there is to know. You've critiqued everybody in the family's driving and frequently remind your parents when they're not using their blinker the right way. I'm, I, that's what my kids always did to me and kind of still do. Um, because if there's no cars as adults, we think we're not. We don't need to blink, but you do need to blink. So anyhow, anyhow, um, you can know all of these things and be an expert on driving, but if you haven't ever driven, how is it really going to work if you say, hey, Dad, give me the keys. I want to go hang out with my friends. Your dad's going to say, no, you've never driven by yourself yet. Your dad is going to say, I'm glad that you know all the things. I'm glad that you aced your test, but I want you to show me how you can drive. I want to see how you're developing those skills. And as you develop those skills, then I will give you the keys maybe to run to the gas station and fill it up with gas. Um, in the same way, Jesus wants us to develop the skills um, that we can have from being a follower of Jesus. And we do that by, li by listening and doing. You can have 100% church attendance and know all the right Bible verses and still be getting it wrong if you don't apply what you've learned. So real faith, real faith is about doing, not just knowing. And I'm not saying that knowing isn't important. Um, showing up and listening is important. Coming to church, reading your Bible, those are really important things to do because you can't do something if you don't know that you need to do it, right? You can't do what you don't know. I'm just saying that there's more to faith than knowing and storing information. That's being an observer, and Jesus wants you to be an active participant in his kingdom and with him. He wants you to do something with what you've learned. Being an observer is like, it's like being, having season tickets behind home plate to and never miss a game and know all the stats and know all the history of baseball and your favorite team that's that's great but you're still just a, an observer jesus wants you to get off of the seat onto the field and to play the game not just to watch and keep score and keep in mind it's hearing and doing so doing on its own isn't enough either it's not good enough to just say 
I am going to come to church every Sunday and I'm going to volunteer all my time in the community and at the food bank and at church and, um, and give all of my resources and money and time as generously as I can. That's really good. But if you're not going to God, if you're not spending time with God, if you're not learning from God and listening to him, that's missing the point too. They really do go together. And I really like um, how, oh, I want to say this really quick. I think it's really important that we all know that um, you don't need to do things for God to accept you. He already accepts you. And this push and pull and balance between hearing and doing, I think C.S. Lewis expressed it really well. So I want to share this quote from him. Um, And he wrote this in the book, Mere Christianity. He says, to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you were trying to obey him, but trying in a new way, a less worried way not doing these things in order to be saved but because he has begun to save you already not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside you i think that's a really good way to think about um, hearing and doing Um, I really like the part where he says trying in a new way, in a less worried way. See, I told you it wasn't going to be guilty or or, uh, difficult, right? It's easy. Hearing and doing, not because you're checking off a box or to earn your place in heaven. Remember that. And and I say that, we just came off of Christmas celebrating that God sent a Savior, you guys. So you don't need to do things to earn your place in heaven. Jesus did that for you. And you don't need to do things to earn God's love and acceptance because he already loves you and accepts you. That's why he sent his son. So here's the thing. When you know Jesus, when you follow him, it changes what you do. It changes how you live. It changes how you treat your family. And it changes how you live your life. But none of that happens if you don't do anything with what you hear. In fact, James, you guys, do you know that James is the brother of Jesus? He had brothers. James is the brother of Jesus, and he wrote this. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but, letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. It's really easy to... um, to make following Jesus all about going deeper by studying and reading. And that is good. Actually, I really love to do that. But if I don't put any of my deep learning into practice, if I don't do something with the information, then I'm fooling myself, just like the man who forgot what he looked like in the mirror when he walked away from it. There's something transformative about being a Christian. We grow in our faith, and as we do, our faith grows us that's what we call transformation transforming ourselves to be like christ and i i want to give you an example and the best one i can think of is loving others we all know jesus calls us to love others but we also all know there are people uh, around us that aren't easy to love 
for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they just rub us the wrong way. And I really want you to know I'm talking about um, people that are difficult um, in the absence of abuse. That's a whole different thing. In the absence of abuse, there are still challenges that we have um, with loving people in our family, in our neighborhood, in our circles, whatever. So I wanted to give you an example of, of, what, of what that looks like. So my son got married in October. And since then, my husband and I have been talking about what it was like when we were newly, newlyweds. And um, have any, any of you guys remember what it's like to be a newlywed? There's a lot of challenges, aren't there? There's challenges with, I don't know, the division of labor. It's, when Tom and I were first married, he told me, well, you should do all the housework. I'll do the yard work. We live in an apartment, Tom. There is no yard work. Rethink that or um, how we're going to spend our money, or the closet, how much closet space we can have, right? Those are all little things that we all are. You're learning how to live with, with another person. And my, um, my daughter-in-law, I love her to pieces, and her family lives pretty far away, so she, she and I have grown quite close, and she asked me, she said, is it normal for people who are married to argue? What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Whether you've been married for, you know, two months or 20 years, it is. But it, it, I think that's why Tom and I started thinking about um, when we were newlyweds, just because she had asked me that. And so um, the thing is, Tom and I have been married a really long time, and we don't fight as often or argue and disagree as much as we used to, and, but we did last week, right before Christmas. We were getting ready for the, all the family to come over, um, the kids and the grandkids and the dogs and all of that. And, um, you know, we just had a very explosive but very quick uh, disagreement over how to properly extend the kitchen table and why was there so much glitter around. <laughs> there were words exchanged, grumpy words, dare I say unkind words, issued forth from both of us. And, um, and just like, it, the whole thing lasted like three minutes, and then like from beating, getting to end, and then Tom looks at me, and he says, that was dumb of me. How else can you do? Which, okay, that could have been like an escalation, and because I have lo practiced loving this man for 32 years, I didn't say, yeah, that was dumb of you. <laughs> I just paused, and I said, okay, and, he, and I'm glad I did, because then he says, how else can you do? You are who you are, and I love you for who you are. Isn't that nice? He accepts me. I accept him. And so we ended up just laughing and cracking up about the whole, the whole thing because, you know, in years past, it would not have gone down that way. In years past, it would have been a very grumpy Christmas morning, I think. But we've been together for long enough that something has transformed in our, in our relationship. And I'm not... I'm not likening that to the transformation of Christ. It's just when you practice doing something over and over and over again, it becomes easier. And that's what happened um, with, that, with that Christmas dis disagreement that we had. Um, putting Jesus' words into practice can transform you because practice makes our faith more real. We can and we should listen to sermons and come to church and do Bible studies and be, parts of, and be part of small groups, both at youth group and um, in Bible studies and community groups with adults. But for our faith to grow, 
It has to be, for it to be real, we have to do the stuff with what we know. We have to see, we have to practice seeing others the way Jesus sees them. We have to honor our parents and our step-parents, even when we disagree with them. We have to forgive our siblings, even when they hurt us, even when they ignore us, or when they let us down. We have to pray for those who aren't our favorite people, because they actually need prayers too. And the practice of doing that will soften your heart towards that person over time. We need to give our time to our friends and people in our circles when they need it, not when we're free to do it. We need to be generous with our money. We need to serve people who can't um, repay us or serve us back in any way. And we need to speak up for people who are being marginalized or mistreated. And I'm not talking about doing these things perfectly, right? We are going to mess up. We're people. We're going to mess up. And when we do, we go to God and we ask him to help us with it. We ask him to forgive us if we've been unkind. And we keep trying and we keep going. It's trying and doing, getting it wrong and trying again. That's how we put the words of Jesus into practice. And remember this. God wants you to grow in your faith and in your relationship with him more than you want to. And you're not alone in this and he will help you. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this new year. It's full of all kinds of possibilities and new beginnings. And, um, and I'm so thankful, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning too. I pray, God, that you would help us learn for each of us what it means to follow you and put your words into practice. Help us know what that one thing is that we can do today, this week, this month, to move closer into actively doing something with the things that we know you want us to do. And thank you so much, Lord, for your guidance and your help all along the way, and it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.